Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today's guest, oh man, we're going to have fun. This is someone who I got to meet really recently, but we've gotten to be really close friends. We're looking at maybe even starting a business together, but we have entrepreneur, public speaker, mentor, professional athlete, Terrence Murphy. Welcome to the show, my brother. Man, thank you for having me, man. You know, it's cool because there's just certain people you meet in life. The energy is there. And when we met in Cabo, because Elizabeth was like, you got to meet this guy. Y'all are going to have a lot in common from that moment, man. We've been we've been rolling. We worked out together in Nashville. We had a great time together in Dallas. Had a great time in Cabo. So, no, man, thank you for your friendship, man. Looking forward to what we're going to do together. We're going to do a lot of wonderful things together. But, you know, God, you, my brother, are such an inspiration. And, you know, I'm loving that we're going to have this conversation. We're going to break down a lot of who you are. But we just got back from Dallas and we had such a blast. You know, I got to meet a lot of your team and they're incredible human beings, which says so much about who you are, too. And we just we just couldn't stop laughing, could we? Man, we had a great time, man, at the dinner on Monday night. And yeah, you know, it was cool because I had about 10 or 15. No, I think I had about 15 people from my team there and this organization that we're growing with TM5. And, man, and we're just attracting really hungry, young, motivated, inspiring people, man. And, and, and we're just excited to be a part of this movement at EXP for sure. We got into the funniest role play with Jabari, one of your key players on the team. And you were just in stitches. I wish we would have recorded that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a kid. He's, he's got so much upside. He's still so moldable. And I'm just excited to see where he goes with it. He's got such a wonderful heart, as do you. But let's just jump and talk about you now. So you, uh, I'm going to start with your, with your amazing football career. So you were a college star at Texas A&M right before we started this recording. You said to me, I'm going to have you out for the game. And I can't wait to see that, especially with you, who's going to be the superstar there. And then you got drafted to the NFL. You went to play with the Green Bay Packers as a wide receiver. Tell me about those early days with sports. Yeah, man. You know, so I have uh, seven older brothers. Uh, I have wow. a big family. Yeah, I have a big family. You're not ready for the numbers, I'm about to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so my grandmother had 19 kids. You got eight with me. There you go. My grandmother had 19 kids on one side. Wait, wait, wait. What? 19. Forget about 18 and counting that reality show. You beat them. What's going on now? 19 children your grandmother had. On one side, that's my mom's wow. side. My dad's side, my grandmother had nine. So that's a big family, right? That's a huge family. And so my 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 uncles and my brothers, you know, they were all athletes. And so it just kind of was second nature. But when I was five years old, my mom got me for Christmas. We didn't have a lot growing up. She was a single mom and we worked for everything. But she got me a Doug Williams, Washington Redskins, you know, football uniform. And man, I wore that thing all the time. And obviously he was the first black quarterback in the NFL to win a Super Bowl. And from that moment, I said, I'm going to make it to the NFL. And so that pursuit that I was on and, you know, I was an entrepreneur at an early age, just had a lot of stuff that happened in life. My mom had a heart attack when I was like 16 or 15. My two other brothers were in prison from just bad decisions. And so Man, I really was an adult. I, I lived by myself at 15 years old. And so I was working two jobs and just trying to make the right decisions and then ended up getting a football scholarship to Texas A&M. Came here, had a really good career. 
I also was three-time academic all-conference, so my mom was real hard on me because my mom was a really sharp woman. And so I ended up getting that gift and that skill set. And so I had a really good career here. I left with all the records in the record books, two-time team captain, two-time first-team all-conference, honorable mention, all-American, and the list goes on. So I had a really good career. I didn't win the Heisman like Johnny Manziel, but my last two years, I was the face of Texas in football. And then going to the NFL, Aaron Rodgers was our first pick. You don't even have to watch football. You know who Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, discount double-check guy. You know, he won the NFL MVP last year. And I got drafted. I was the second pick for the Packers, having a really good rookie season, and uh, ended up having a career-ending neck injury. So transitioned to becoming a real estate entrepreneur after that. Wait, you're jumping way ahead because that's, <laughs> that's a crazy story. So yeah. you're in the NFL, you get a, a neck injury, which actually left you paralyzed for a period of time. Yep. So yeah. my God, talk about that. First of all, that's an amazing sort of story. You, you There's a lot to unpack there. So you actually are such an incredible human being, Terrence, and I knew that from day one, but wow, the story that's there now, where you were basically by yourself at 15, right? Yeah. And you had to almost figure out how to raise yourself because you had some examples of older siblings that to your, in your own words, sort of made, you know, wrong choices. And so, but that was your example, right? That's what you had around you. So where did you find that inner strength to sort of say, no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm going to go and sort of like football is going to be my out. And yeah. that's what I'm going to focus on and start studying on your academic career, because that was also going to get you there. You couldn't just be a good athlete. You also had to be smart. Yeah. Yeah. How, where, what, how did you, so where, where, where was that? What did you do? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things I, I, I didn't realize until I got to about 30 years old that I'm just wired different. You know, I'm a different. Love that. And so I remember this is one of the stories my mom told me. So when I was in fourth grade, and if you were the fastest kid in fourth grade, then that meant you were the fastest kid in the school. And I remember when I was, you know, I'm real big on goal setting. And I, I set out to say one day I want to be the fastest kid in our whole school. And every year something happened where I just didn't like one year I fell down the next year I, was sick and it was just always something. So when I got to fourth grade, I was so motivated to be the fastest kid in the school. And that day of the racing events, the kind of, they call it track and field day. My mom came into my room at like six in the morning looking for me to try to get me ready to get me on the bus. And I wasn't in the bed. So she freaked out and she comes outside and I'm up, I'm up the hill. And as a fourth grader running up and down the hill at six in the morning, I ended up getting my butt whooped because she was so frantic about it. But that just goes to show my mentality. I wanted to win that bad that I didn't realize you probably should have been training weeks before <laughs> I got up the day <laughs> of and did it. But I ended up winning every race. I got all blue ribbons. I was the fastest kid in the school that day. And that was something that I set out to do years before. And I remember telling, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find a way. And that's just really how I've been my whole life. And so when it comes to books like my, I ended up having 17 D1 offers to be, go to their college and play football. But my wow. first, I think I had, I think I ended up having like 25 offers total because my first probably five offers were all academic. So I got a full ride to UNC academically, a full ride to University of Washington. But obviously I chose to go to Texas A&M and play football, but I had academic offers first. That's amazing. So you're always about that goal setting early on. So at five, you knew you were going to hit the NFL, right? 
at eight, you knew you were going to be the fastest kid in school. So I actually want to break this down because in really knowing you a short period of time, but you're really incredibly complex too. even sort of like, you know, the stories that you're sharing now, obviously, you know, I, I didn't know them. We're just really sort of uncovering a lot. Right. And yeah. so I think that there's some wonderful adjectives that describe you. So I want to explore adjectives with you throughout this, this podcast. And the first one is obviously discipline, right? And so that's really what you're talking about. And, you know, and, and, and in the trips that we've had together, we're, we're the ones that get to the gym at five in the morning and go work out <laughs> together and with your beautiful wife, Erica, too. And so it's that whole sort of thing of discipline. So tell me what discipline means to you. Obviously, you needed to have it as a professional athlete. And then what you've actually moved over to your professional career now in real estate and entrepreneurship. But tell me what discipline means to you. I think discipline means to me, like I tell people all the time, give me the strategy, give me the structure, give me the process and get the hell out of the way. <laughs> you know, I don't need anybody to motivate me, man. Like, yeah. you know, because I always say like people like talk about my self-confidence. It's like it's called self-confidence for a reason. You know, oh, a motivation. It's like, OK, it's the, it's the motivation within me. Right. And so what discipline really means to me is what am I willing to sacrifice in order to achieve or set out to uh, get closer to a goal that I set? Because every time you, you have a choice to make, you're going to go towards something that hurts or something that you don't want to do to sacrifice that. And that's what discipline is, choosing that over the easy route. And that is what, if you do that enough and piece together enough days in a row, you'll see something. You'll see something come to fruition for sure. You'll see success. I think that was really interesting what you just sort of said. You have to figure out what you're willing to give up, right? Because there's only so many hours in the day. Time is finite. So if you've got a goal, there's only certain things that fit for you to sort of achieve that. So something has to sort of go to the side in order for you to achieve that goal, right? And so I think that's super interesting because that's what people don't realize. People just want to sort of go and sort of, what, what does discipline mean, right? It's like, we don't really want to wake up at five in the morning to go to the gym. I'd rather be in bed, right? Yeah. But there's sort of like, that's part of what you're trying to give up. You're trying to give up something in order to have a better health, a better life, a better sort of focus on what you're continuing to do, right? Yeah, and I think it's one of those things when I started. So I started at Keller Williams as a realtor. Um, and I remember I started with this huge class of rookies. And I did seven transactions my first year for a million bucks, which was nothing to write home about. It was terrible. I was disappointed. And I remember going to them saying, hey, man, I know I'm better than this. Like, help me. Somebody coach me. Tell me where to go. Like, And I remember it was one of those moments that I needed to focus up on looking in the mirror and saying, what do I want out of this? And that next year I jumped to like 6 million, which is fine. But that next year I jumped to $21 million in sales as an individual agent, no website, no broker, no purchase leads. So I did like 75 deals for 21, 22 million bucks as an individual agent. And that's when I knew I was on to something. And I took that year and that's when I scaled our independent brokerage from zero in sales to a billion in sales in eight years, just off that discipline of processes. Now, that's what I want to start unfolding now. So talk to me about that. So you started with Keller Williams. You then went on your own. 
So one of the other words that I want to start exploring with you is perseverance, yeah. right? So when you hit the million dollars or whatever it is in sales, right? It was sort of like, you know, that probably annoyed you, knowing you. That was just like, it's not what I want to do. Why not just sort of like give up then, right? You know that you can do pretty much anything you set your mind to. You were a professional athlete, which, you know, very few people in the world can ever say they've done that. Yeah. You were the top college star. You've already sort of proven to yourself that you can do whatever you set your mind to. But you've already jumped into real estate. You tried it for the first year. It didn't really make a lot of money in it. So why stay? Yeah, I think two things that I see when people are successful in one facet in life, the first thing they want to do is jump to another segment or another category and they want the immediate success. They're not willing to start over. You know, they're not willing to go back and grind. And for me, that's what I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure out a way. I see people who they're not willing to go back to the bottom and grind. They just want to jump to the next segment and think that, oh, well, I was an NFL guy. I was this and I'm just, I should just jump into real estate and be successful. And it's like, no, man, you got to go back and, and rebuild this thing from the ground up. And for me, I knew like, I didn't have the luxury of building anything in the shadows where most people as entrepreneurs or startup companies or realtors, they may not be known by a lot of people. So they can kind of build in the shadows. People were mag. I had a magnifying glass on me day one. I didn't get to make a lot of the stupid mistakes that you see young professionals make because everybody was already looking at me. And yeah. honestly, a lot of them were wanting to see me fail. That's just the, that's the common theme as NFL athletes or pro athletes is, oh, they made a little money. Now they're broke. And now they don't know what to do with their life. And I didn't want to be a statistic, man. I wasn't going to be just like, I didn't want to be a statistic for where I grew up from. I had some of my best friends get shot, killed, drugs, guns. I told my mom, I'm not going to be a statistic. It's the reason why I worked so hard to not be that, st that stat that you see in the urban or black community. I'm like, I'm not doing it. You already made that decision at 15. That's when the odds were really against you. Yeah. And it's sort of like everything else was easy. For sure. And I'm everything fearless. Was easy. If you've yeah. seen the stuff that I've seen in life and been through what I've been through, like, why would I walk around with fear? I have no fear of anything, literally. That's it. And so I just go after stuff, man. And so that's why I'm just so pumped up and motivated. And I know I'm leaving a legacy, for not only for my kids, but for what we can build together, man. I'm like, at this point in my life, I'm all about how can we build it together? You know, and that's that's so great. When you take fear away from the equation, that makes you unstoppable. It makes you really dangerous, actually, <laughs> right? Because it's sort of like there is no there's no safety net, right? So, you know, I was I, I was diagnosed with colon cancer when I was 24. And so it's something where, you know, every day is the gift, right? And so, you know, I'll be 55 next month. So it's that whole sort of idea that you're not supposed to test your mortality when you're in your 20s. Yeah. But when you do and you realize, all right, it's sort of like, just go, because anything that you're willing to risk, go do it now, because when are you going to wait for it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's amazing. But I want to go back to the idea that you started at KW, you went there for a couple of years. Why would you decide that you wanted to start your own independent brokerage at that point? You know, I had that mentality, like, if you want something done and you want it done right, do it yourself. <laughs> and so the crazy thing is I'd only done seven transactions. I didn't even have a broker's license. So I found an attorney in Dallas to hold my license. And I went and started a brokerage after being, you know, seven deals into the game. But that's just me, right? Like, I'm just going to go figure it out. 
I had I didn't buy any leads and I just decided, OK, and I, I'm a studier, right? Like we used to have to have a playbook that was this thick, right? And every week yeah. you study your opponents on what they were doing, good, bad. You kind of know their weaknesses. So I can digest information really fast. That's why I talk fast. That's why I can like if you watch me look at real estate, like I'll look at a thousand properties in like an hour. And even it. my wife, she'll tell me she's like, there's no way you're digesting that on the iPad. And I'm like, OK, so test me. So now I'll scroll through and I'll, and I'll tell her about each and every property. And she's Stop. like, I don't know how you did that. Yeah. Because you think about it. Mm-hmm. I ran a 4-3 and a 40. And we'll get back to the kill wave in a second. But I yeah. ran a 4-3 and a 40. And I'm that's fast, bro. Like yeah. That's over 20-something miles an hour. And at the same time, I have these guys that run 4-3s. And we're all running. And so you have to make a decision because Brett Favre was my quarterback. I got to make a decision. Am I going here, wow. here, or here like that? A quarter of a second so i can i can take in information and digest it fast so that's one of the reasons but as we scaled our independent i just felt like i could create something that was innovative and different and new a lot of our brokerages in our market did it the same way and so every time i would go on these listing appointments as i was trying to break into the luxury space i had a baby face people were like you're really young you don't have any experience you haven't done any deals and i got tired of hearing that so i said okay let me create a brand that's young and innovative my, you know, modern, contemporary, and we just kind of ran with it, man. And it just took off. It took off, bro. And you started your company. And so then you actually, determination is the next word I want to work on with you. So you were determined. There was no looking back, right? We talked a little bit about that, but then you started and you got to be number one, the number one agent in your area in College Point, Texas. Come on now. You had seven deals before you start your own company. It's sort of like you get to be the number one agent. God darn you. It's like, what about that determination? If you put my numbers up against HAR, Austin Border Realtors, anywhere in Texas, I was in the top 100 agents in the whole state. And so when some of these bigger conglomerates, and we'll get into that in a minute, we're talking. I mean, we scaled this thing fairly quickly. Like I said, we, we hit a billion in sales in eight and a half years and an average sales price market of 250,000. <laughs> it's like, I wasn't in Beverly Hills or New York. I got to a billion in sales. I don't think it's ever been done for a startup to get to a billion in sales in less than, you know, eight, nine years that fast. That's so. insanity. That's just insanity. All right. And so then you grow this thing, right? But now, now it's not just real estate. Now I want to talk about entrepreneurship. You own over 20 companies. How? What are you doing? It's like, come on. We're gonna do we're gonna do we're gonna do one of those too. But what are you doing? When do you sleep? Man, you know the crazy thing is I come home every night at five. Like if I get home at six, that's a late night for me. Time blocking is so important for me and efficiency. Like I'm all about hacking, right? So it's like if I'm reading a book, the reason I I have to hit all senses because my mind goes 100 miles an hour. So when I'm reading a book, I have a physical book in my hand, reading it and highlighting it. I'm listening to it on Audible at 1 to 1.25 or 1.3 speed. So I'm seeing it, writing it, and listening to it. And that's how I'm able to digest that information so fast. Oh, that's brilliant. I've actually never heard anyone say that. Mm -hmm. So so most people just read it, right? Right. And then some people just listen to it. But Think about our cognitive ability to retain it is if we're seeing it, writing it, and hearing it, 
That's why I'm able to do it. So I read like 40 books in 16 months when I first started TM5. And that just kind of gave me the mindset of how I can scale. And so as I started growing, these companies kind of came out of necessity. Yeah, I would have a, a property manager that I was referring business to. They were not doing it at the level in which I felt it needed to be done. So I just started a property management company. <laughs> and so, and then, you know, I had insurance firms once again. And so, yeah, most of our companies, we have 20 companies that we're running 21 as of this week. And we do everything on a scorecard. So at the beginning of every week, I can print out a scorecard and I can see all my companies on one sheet of paper. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean a scorecard? Explain yeah. that to me. So a scorecard is, you've heard of the book Traction and Gino Wickman? Yes. So obviously he has the EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System. And I learned this from him, but I kind of took it and obviously morphed it and added to it. So by the time you look at a profit and loss statement, so if we look at a balance sheet or profit and loss statement, by the time we see profit, it's too late. That's already happened. So we're really looking in our rearview mirror. A scorecard means if you put the right key performance indicators in place on a week-to-week basis, I can track my success rate before I get to my profit and loss. So I can fix things before I get to the end of the quarter, end of the month, based on a scorecard. Love that. Yeah, dude. And so for every person in my organization, everybody has a number. Really? Everybody has a key performance indicator and everybody knows what they should be doing on a week-to-week basis in order to hit our goals. And so now when I look at each company, I just look at my sheet of paper and it's a scorecard. I'm like, okay, we hit that number. That's in red. Why didn't we? Why did we only get twenty listings last week? And then I can go right to that source and figure it figure it out. And so it's just giving me an opportunity to lead at a level in which I can manage all these different ventures and not be in the day to day of every one of them. I think that's extraordinary. That's yeah. amazing. It's life changing. So, yeah, it sure is. And not just your life. Mm-hmm. You're changing other people's lives because mentorship and coaching is huge for you. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah, it's one of those deals, just being an athlete. I've had some great coaches in my life. Coach Arsene is probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. Like right now, I have at least 10 coaches that were my personal coaches that are head coaches in the NFL or in college. So like the head coach at Penn State, James Franklin, was my receiver coach at Green Bay. And I can literally just go down the list of all these guys that were great coaches that are now head coaches running these big organizations. And they all call me all the time saying, all right, you ready to come into coaching? And I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm loving real estate. I'm loving entrepreneurship. I'm not coming to coach. But coaching is so important to me because I know it's, it's it's the foundation of young professionals in any space and people that are trying to ramp up. Like, you got to have a coach. Even Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan had a coach, right? And so if they had a coach and Kobe Bryant had a coach, then I think we need coaches. And so coaching is important because I know that people, a lot of times you have to stretch their imagination and you got to stretch their expectations. And sometimes they got to get out of their own way and they need you to help push them over the edge. Yes, it's so true. We really need to get out of your own way a lot of times, right? That is, that is the truth. That, that's how this podcast started, right? Mm-hmm. This podcast started because it was, I was coaching and mentoring folks, but I wanted to sort of do more. And I realized that, you know, 17 years in the business, I knew a lot of people. Yeah. They were all my friends and they all had stories to tell like you. 
And, you know, the idea that this conversation will touch so many people that we'll never know about, but that's what we're doing. For sure. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah and I think, I think the biggest thing is, you know, one of the things that I always try to focus on for one, because I didn't have a dad around, I didn't have people that like walk me through. I had my mom, which without my mom, I would not be the entrepreneur, athlete, man, husband, father that I am. Yeah. So she, she was my backbone for sure. But when you can use technology to learn from people through a podcast or through an audible, man, you could just sit back and say, okay, what's the, because success leaves clues. That's right. All you want to do is just watch those different things and say, okay, so that's why I'm a chameleon. Like I just watch people and I take it and I make it my own and I go execute. I love that. I yeah. love that. Terrence, what's the greatest lesson you've ever learned? Yeah, this is a good one. So for one, I'll give you two. <laughs> you asked me right. for one. <laughs> uh, one is a Zig Ziglar quote. He says, don't be distracted by criticism because the only success that some people will ever taste is taking a bite out of you. Oof. Yeah, man, that's deep. And so don't be distracted wow. by that criticism, man, like, because the only success that some people will ever taste is taking a bite out of Michael or Terrence. That's the only time they will ever taste success. So just keep going. Like, and I always say, be you because everybody else is already taken. That's right. Like, don't be anybody else, be you. And so like, for me, people are like, oh man, I see you all the time. I have a uniform. I don't waste any, any, any of my mind energy. I don't waste it. And I didn't realize I was doing something different until I read the Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg and all them do the same thing. But I have blue jeans. I have my three button up. You'll see me in these same shirts. I got like 60 of them. And I have my hat. I wear it every day. I get up and I don't even think about it because I'm spending my mind and energy on how can I make my environment, my ecosystem better for my team? How can I love on them? How can I coach them? And how can I just create a great company? That's where I spend my time. So that's one lesson is don't, give, don't be distracted by criticism. And then the other one is don't judge a book by its cover. Like quit focusing on the origin and the color of people's skin and yes. focus on the content of their character. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, like get to know people for who they are and not for what they are and who they are. Like know yes. who they really are. So the content of their character is the key, man. You know, and we've had those conversations, you and I, and really about that whole sort of thing of empowering diversity. Sure. And, you know, and we've had it with another mutual friend of ours and a project that we're thinking about doing together, the three of us. And it's really the idea of empowering communities and com empowering communities and giving people from diverse backgrounds that probably wouldn't have those shots and an opportunity to really equalize that playing field because that's so important. It's so important. And, you know, I didn't understand what it meant until like, you know, I got to a place where I'm, where I am as an entrepreneur, so important for kids and young professionals to have access. And that's why I started my camp back in my hometown that I did this last year. We had a great turnout. And yeah. it was the Terrence Murphy Camp Football Finance and Faith. So we're going there talking to people about faith. We're talking about finance. Some of these people have never been told that they should invest their money. They just think work hard, save, put it under a mattress, put it in a bank. And it's like, you'll never get out of the rat race if you're just doing that. Because inflation is eating away your cash at 28 to 3% a year. So if you're not making that on your cash or more, and that's why I'm so motivated. And that's why I started my podcast 
to yes. tell that story to people who wouldn't have access to that information otherwise. And tell me about your podcast. Yeah, so I started it. Um, you know, you know Erica, and y'all have a great relationship. Y'all are so her. happy and so high energy. But she's, I'm really an introvert at my core, right? Like if you- if you, you are not. I know, it's hard for people to wrap their mind around. And in, in, in my best state, I would be in the back of the room, taking notes and just thinking. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a thinker. But because I need to grow people and help and lead people, that's why I go to the front of the room, right? It yeah. forces me to be that leader. And so long story short, my wife was like, you got to do a better job of celebrating. You just achieve these great milestones and you just move on to the next thing, right? So like I closed my 50 of $1 million listing in my career, which is a big deal in this market, right? Sure is. $1 million deals. And she was like, you didn't celebrate. So we bought this commercial strip center in Asheville, North Carolina. One of the first times that we, just me and her, went out of the state and bought this big asset. And she's like, you got to celebrate. So we posted it. This thing got picked up by some like Facebook place and it had a million shares in like two weeks. Come on. And so we started getting all these people from diverse backgrounds saying, man, we've never seen young black owners of a Starbucks and a Buffalo Wild Wings and a strip center, right? These triple A rated companies. Now Starbucks is our tenant. Yeah. And, And so from that, people started messaging us. Do you have coaching? Do you have this? Do you have that? And I said, I don't have anything. So I started the podcast, which is Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. And I'd love to have you on there. And I'm just, I'm just bringing in people from the real estate industry, developers, syndicators, private equity firms, broker owners, team leaders, builders. And I'm just bringing in that information and getting in the one location. And so it's done really well, man. We've had some really good traction in the first six months. It's doing really well. That is power. That's powerful. Because what you're doing is so impactful. And it's like they that needs to be the new image, right? Yeah. They, you know, the community needs to see the success that you and Erica are doing because that's empowering for others. And that's what we need to continue to do. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm outside my comfort zone for sure. Cause you know, I've been in the spotlight for so long. And after yeah. I'm angry, I just kind of like, man, let me just kind of get in the shadows. And that's why nobody really knew us for a time because we were doing the same amount of things that other people were doing. They were just posting and I was doing it in the shadows. But once we start putting it out there, man, we're we're excited to to go global with what we're doing and help a lot of people achieve great things. And you're going global. You're going global. With you, brother. (laughs) (laughs) And we're having fun doing it. Oh, yeah. Talk to me about, you know, philanthropy and faith. You mentioned about your spirituality, and it's the idea that you've created a foundation now as well, you and Erica as well. And tell me about that. Tell me about philanthropy. Tell me about giving back. That's a beautiful part of the story, too. Yeah, you know, it was one of those deals when you were a kid, and I remember, and this is a little personal, but I'll tell it anyway. I remember when my mom would uh, tell my other siblings that their dad was coming to get them and they all had the same dad. I see them pack up their stuff and be all excited and jump in the truck and take off, right? And she was like, you know, they call me Terry in my family. Terry, your dad's coming to get you. Pack your stuff. And I would get all packed and be excited and I'd sit at the porch and he would never show up. And, you know, there was only so many weekends and so many years that you're going to keep doing that as a kid, right? And I got to a point where I said, you know what, that last time I remember saying, you know what, I'm done with this. And I knew what that felt like. So for me, 
now being in a place where I can give back to these kids and give back to people who may not feel like they have that opportunity to achieve great things. My ultimate goal is just to give access and inspiration and let them know that, yes, it is possible. Yes, I didn't grow up with this and this and this, but I built it. And so on my Terrence Murphy Companies brand, that's where you look at it. I have bricks in my logo because I say build it one brick at a time and build it with the right foundation. So it's one of those things. And then, uh, you know, I always, you know, had this mentality that you can just push your way through everything. But when I went through my injury and I was in deep, deep depression, I'm talking like really deep depression, suicidal thoughts, like stuff. For the first time, I realized that, you know, mental health is real. And so I also have a heart for helping people, you know, in that space, too. So, man, I just want to give back and inspire people and let them know that their life does matter and that they are special and God loves them. And no matter what they've done, there is a new day and they can come out of that and they can go and inspire and create and be somebody. And that's really just my mentality and my message, man. You know, if we were on a main stage right now, you'd be having the standing ovation, right? So (laughs) you're an amazing human being, brother. I am so blessed to know you. I have one final question for you. In your book of life, what's this chapter called? I would say this chapter is called The Summit. You know, after getting to the Packers and the Green Bay, I had a three-story home at 22. I was a car collector, so I was buying all these different cars and stuff. I remember coming home to this vacant home every night. I'm like, this is it? This is the pinnacle? And so after going through my injury and reimagining what it looks like to achieve success again, it looks different for me. And so the summit just means when I get to that summit in my life, that mountaintop, I want to be standing shoulder to shoulder with other people who come along with me. And we can say, man, look at what we've done together. We can be at 10,000, 15,000 feet elevation looking down at what we've achieved. And that's my summit, man. How many people can I bring with me? You're such an amazing human being. You have an amazing heart. I feel so blessed to have met you. And truly, it's family. I mean, you're you're my brother. And it's, it's amazing who you are as a human being. You have a beautiful family. Can't wait to meet your kids. It is something where you, we're going to be friends for a very long time. And there's a lot that we're going to do together. I'm so, so blessed that you came into my life. Thank you, my brother. Man, I appreciate you, bro. You, you've inspired me from afar. And now that we're connected shoulder to shoulder, we're going to do great things together. Not only in real estate, we're just going to make an impact. Yeah. We're going to touch the lives of many people, man. And we just want them to know, like, no matter who you are, what you've done, where you came from, we love you. God loves you. It's all love. And that's one of my messages I say on the podcast all the time. It's all love. Like, it's all that's love. It. Yeah. Oh, it is. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Thank you for having me on the show, man. Thank you so much. Terrence, thank you so much for being a guest. And this has been so great. I can't wait to see you. I'm going to come down and see you for a college game that's going to be crazy. Alabama Uh, Alabama versus Texas A&M. So they're number one team in the nation. We're number five. Hopefully by that time, it'll be number one and number two. (laughs) You're going to come down, stay with me and my family. You're going to go to we're going to go to Caulfield, and I'm also going to take you to my ranch. We're going to ride forward. We're going to hang out. That's going to be awesome. Thank you. And thank you for all of you for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. <laughs>